0: This episode is sponsored by ReCut, which is running a wild Black Friday sale through the end of November. I'll cover... How do I still not have this memorized? Hey, welcome to the Upload Iceberg. If the upload is the content you see above the water as a viewer, I'll cover the journey and data behind growing a YouTube channel that you can't see in the murky depths below the surface. I'm Dan, and this is episode 8, recorded after hitting 3,200 subscribers on November 25th, 2023. Today is November 26th, and we're all caught up. This is live. This is a day after, recording a day after we've hit this milestone. Feels good. Feels like a fresh start. Most shows die around that 10 episode mark. So I'm just happy to be here with some regularity. And in a perfect world from here on out, we're going to throw together a quick script. As soon as I can, after hitting a, a milestone like this, I'll record as an act of celebration. Try to edit and turn it around in a day or two. So we can just jump right into analytics at the start. Everything is real time live. I think that'll be feeling good before we dive in. You've heard me talk about ReCut before. It's on a wild $39 Black Friday sale. When you use my affiliate code below that lasts through the end of November. ReCut is a tool that helps you automatically remove silence from your videos, aka it does your jump cutting for you. It's a no brainer product. If you do any of this type of work, I've already saved hours over the last several weeks. It has a fully featured trial no watermarks, it's a one-time payment, no monthly fees. If you spend time cutting video, now is the time to give it a try so that you can decide before the deal ends at the end of November. All right, what are we doing for title? I think I mentioned in episode 7, which I recorded yesterday, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the 100-400 to 400 today, specifically the time I've spent with that lens in Colorado. And really, I've kind of spent a big portion of the year using that lens. I picked it up Canon Refurb in April, I think, for a little over 500 bucks. and you know have set aside some of my favorite travel zooms the 24 to 105 the 70 to 200 i love them i typically pack them on the road trip you know you have the freedom of driving so you can bring everything and i pretty much did i didn't need to rely on kind of those core zooms those core f4 zooms and just have continued to spend a ton of time with the 100 400 we'll get into why uh, it helps to spend time with that lens to get better with it as it's a little tricky. The milestone period is October 28th, 2023 through November 24th, 2023. So just about a month. You know, if we if we zoom out a little bit, kind of growing at a steady rate. So I would expect these episodes to come out roughly every month at this point, which is a good cadence because of using the 100 to 400 and because I was lucky enough to catch a bald eagle. Uh, thumbnail, again, we're going to point to the eagle somewhere. I might just... Might make the eagle the entire thumbnail. I probably should grab the 100 to 400. All right, now we've got this here. 100 to 400. Yeah, that's a thumbnail. Yay. Okay, thumbnail's done. Keep that over there. Can jump right into benchmark analytics for these periods now that we're live. We don't have to do any kind of wonky look back period. I might just rely on this last 28 days. I know it's a, technically a day off. Not going to worry about it. About 21 and a half thousand views in this period, which... A relatable metric about 750 views a day, which is up from the last period, which is around 680. We've got close 950 watch hours, close to a thousand. This period, this last 28 days, kind of starting to hit some of those metrics, some of those round, easily communicatable metrics that I was hoping to hit. You know, would still love to hit 28,000 views in this period. Again, kind of that thousand views a day. I um, was looking to hit a thousand watch hours, very close to that. Under 100 subscribers, which I'd love to see, but 85 is pretty good and a good step up from the last period and crossed over that $50, $50 a month uh, revenue threshold that I was looking for. But again, this is kind of really tied to views and you shouldn't. I would never personally look at AdSense revenue and try to dictate um, like goals for that. I would dictate goals around videos produced and views and AdSense will follow however it, however it does, given CPMs, RPMs, things like that. We've got a click through rate of just over seven. You can see again, sort of like average view duration, these two aren't completely locked in, but they're pretty steady over any given period. So I try not to index too heavily on those other than for individual videos, I kind of know what's really good. I know what's really bad. And if it's anywhere kind of in that five to 10 range, I'm I'm pretty happy and not trying to do a whole lot of tweaking we look further at the revenue coming in over this period. Talked about in Episode 7, kind of expect to see a little jump here in in terms of the amount, perhaps the CPMs. I talked about this in Episode 7, but expect to see a little bump here with Black Friday, Cyber Monday this week and and headed into the holidays. Probably will see a bigger December. I know Canon has a lot of great deals actually on lenses. You know, I'm not going to be buying any of these lenses myself this week, this weekend, but you know, a couple of call outs that I thought were exciting if I was in the market, if I was sitting on a little bit of cash here, you know, the 15 to 35, I haven't followed the rumors too closely of late, but you know, we're getting to be a couple years old on things like this, probably a Mark two coming. I'm not sure if that explains how heavily this is discounted, but $500 off the 15 to 35. If you've been thinking about that, probably a great time to pick it up. 300 off of the 14 to 35, given how new this is, that's a pretty good deal, I'd say. And maybe one of the more enticing ones, in my opinion, a couple bucks off the RF 16 Prime. I think there are some others that uh, looked especially good. Another 500 off the 24 to 70. Again, one of those lenses that is probably due for a Mark II sort of soon. Though you know, I don't know what to expect out of Canon anymore. I don't think they're sticking to traditional release patterns so far on the mirrorless front. Uh, 500 off the 28 to 70. Only 200 off the 50. I think they struggle to keep this in stock. They probably don't need to cut this. Uh, down too much, and then the other big ones I think are on the 70 to 200s. To see this at 1400, this probably drops down at some points to that low. Uh, but this is probably a lens that's kind of highly in demand. You guys know I love it, and then you know 500 off this 70 to 200 to 8 is is a pretty good snag as well. And I think also the hundred, yeah, the hundred millimeter macro is 300 off. I remember when they launched the or and before they launched the RF version of this lens. The EF version, they really started jacking up the price on that. I think it went from 9.99 to almost 1,300 or more. And we'll talk obviously today about the 100 to 450 off there. But uh, this, personally, I got off of Refurb. The one that's really enticing to me, I've kind of started to cover, and we'll continue to cover the choice that I made between the 100 to 400, and have treated it as like super long-term rental, giving it a really good try, seeing how it works. And, you know, didn't have the budget to pull the trigger on the 100 to 500, particularly given that this MacBook was kind of my purchase for the year um, to make everything run more smoothly in my in my workflow for personal work, work for others. Really happy that I made that choice and didn't get this instead, Uh, but still would love to try this lens. Would love to own it one day. Maybe we'll see. All right. That's kind of canon deals. Didn't really expect to cover that, but had seen some things come through in the last couple of days. Let's look at videos. We've got a potty coming out in this period. I think this is a fun one to listen to. Episode six hit the 3000 mark here and covered sort of how I'm thinking about generative fill and AI assist in photos, which I think is increasingly going to be important in a topic. I know some people are probably just completely sick of hearing it. I think AI is probably going to be transformative in a way that a lot of people aren't really ready for or maybe don't want to embrace. I think constant change is tiring. In the past, I've found myself fighting against things like this. I think AI and AI tools is going to be one of those things that sooner or later, whether you hate it or love it, you're going to you're going to end up having to embrace some of these tools in your daily life. It doesn't necessarily have to be in photos, but uh, if you like taking photos, if you like taking video to the extent that you can warm up to some of these tools in a space that you are happy with before you might need to warm up to some of them in something like a work setting, I think is advantageous. I think this is going to be an exercise for everybody to get used to AI, used to change, and trying to master a new set of tools because stuff is moving quick, really quick. We also got out the 28 to 35, talked about this in the previous episode of the podcast, kind of given the 35 a last hurrah in Colorado and did a lot of shooting with uh, both of these on that trip. And the big chunky video for this period that I've been working on behind the scenes for a couple of weeks at this point, uh, probably, probably two months between beginning of scripting, filming, editing was this video podcast 101 crash course. Uh, so let's, let, we'll focus on these two, and we're going to talk a lot about the 100 to 400, as promised. Um, let's jump into the 28 to 35 first. So if we go to the, these, these analytics, this is kind of an example, you know, classic, classic channel, classic Dan's channel here, um, slow and steady, linear growth probably will be for the foreseeable future. And I'm super happy with where this is right now, right? I think the click-through rate I was hoping would be a little bit higher. I have a few other things pulled up here that we'll look at, but I based this thumbnail, shamelessly very much stole my thumbnail from this 50 to 35 comparison. And the reason I did so, like this video did really well. I think it was helpful for people to get my take, a quick take, quick dense take on how they might think about choosing between these two lenses. This has a pretty, it bounces around a lot, but from an average standpoint, this click-through rate, seeing that nine, 10, like that's that's great for my channel. I love to see something at that range. So I was hoping this might get closer there. If we look at the last 28 days, last seven, you know, probably too early to call it six and a half forever, but hoping that might tick up just a little bit. Where we start to get, this is interesting if we look at the um, where the traffic is coming from, from a suggested standpoint, interesting to see some views coming from elsewhere. You know what i planned on and uh you know obviously what is happening is we're getting some traffic from the initial 28 review and that's really go back when i make a video like this that's on the shorter side this seven minutes is longer than kind of the quick really quick four minutes that the 50 to 35 was but the idea of putting out the shorter video is again just keep it super dense and hopefully helpful provide a lot of examples that's kind of what i would like to see as a viewer and the hope and the plan is trying to play off of, you know, traffic from this also sort of short, medium length video, which is seven minutes. And so in a perfect world, someone finds my channel through 20 millimeter pancake search, and they've got two videos that are worth watching. Bang, bang. You hope that extends a viewing session. You hope it's helpful to get two takes to get, a, a, you know, 14 minutes of hopefully straight examples and, and some background and some comparison to other lenses. And you hope that's a good enough experience for somebody new coming into your channel that that is maybe worth a subscription. So pretty happy here. You can see some of the search terms really just around the RF 28. We look at engagement, little less than usual. This is a great example of why you don't necessarily wanna trust like all the tool tips from YouTube. I mean, you can trust it. This is legitimate 26 less than usual is, is legit. But just knowing that you have a little bit of a shorter video, you would expect to have a little bit less overall average view duration than normal. Um, and if we come down to this graph, I'm still really struggling with this intro and dropping people here. If we compare to other videos, if we compare to other videos, you know, it's going to say it's higher, but really, and above average, the entire duration, which is cool. But really, even in this section, I, I really want to try to figure out how to how to make these really engaging for that first minute. when um, so that when people land on them, they're entertained to the point that I can then backload all the information that i think is important so still still working on that still trying to think through how that should and can work here but all in all an example of something that's in my mind for my channel off to the races cool to see an example of something that is not doing well is oh and and real quick actually on that like this is still this is starting to trail off a little but still kind of linear um and this i'm you know not really worried about how this performs but Um, What will be cool is if i like to do some, if we edit the end screen on this 50 to 35 video, you can see, you know, I have the 35 in both. So I'm using this on the end screen. This video, the 24 to 105 L is pretty dead. So at some point I might, you know, I call it out at the end of the video, but at some point might just remove this. It would be good to revisit the 50 on the body of the R8. Um, I think that's a video that I hope to make sort of soonish. I use the 50 on the R8 in Colorado a good bit. So this is a slot that I might want to refresh. And if we look at that particular video, I don't think it's getting a ton of views these days. So very, very little, you know, sort of dead. I guess YouTube has determined, um, which is fine. In fact, partly that's probably my doing. You know, I think this is an interesting Way to think about youtube but potentially with some of my other videos on that lens namely the 24 to 105 in ireland this is getting 50 60 views a day and trending upwards and then the comparison of the l 24 to 105 versus the non-l this still does really really well this actually pro like hopefully this might be the first video i ever make long form that hits a hundred thousand i think this is just something that people struggle with. And it's a hard choice for a lot of people, depending on what you have. So I gave my best try at trying to trying to help people out here. This video does well. But <laughs> the result is that you have that original 24 to 105 L video, and then you come out with two other videos that both do better. And you kind of kill your own traffic on that video. So the fact that it's among other reasons, you know, everybody's making videos about this. So it's not just that I've killed my own, but it's it's partly responsible, I'm sure. You have better videos from your own channel that are more modern, and YouTube is going to push those. So that's the 20, 28 to 35 analytics dive. You know, the example of the video that's not doing well is this podcast, uh, Gear Guide, this crash course, which is, you know, on one hand disappointing. In episode seven, I talked about how much I think this was a good project to work on because it was such a long video, because I learned so much, I'm trying to gather my thoughts on exactly how to say this. But this is the type of video that Experimental or not, whether I think it's going to do well or not, it's the type of thing that I want to put out. Main thesis is kind of look, here's kind of everything I know from getting started, but really at the core, it's not about gear. You know, I don't know, maybe 20 of these 52 minutes focus on the gear. The rest of it is the process, you know, prep, publish, sharing a tiny little bit on monetization, even though you shouldn't be focused on that at the start of a podcast. It's really trying to get you over the hurdle of how to make those two deliverables an MP3 audio file. An MP4 video file. How you can approach doing those repeatedly over time, because that's what's pot. That's what podcasting is all about. It's it's for the long haul. You've got to go iteratively. You know, I do podcast production and have for multiple shows over the last several years, and getting this show out here, episode eight, is still difficult. I still don't feel um, like I'm cranking these out super comfortably, and it still takes time. So, and that's with a whole bunch of knowledge, obviously, about cameras and audio, not expert knowledge, uh, but a lot more than some people looking to start a podcast. And it's still hard. It's still very hard. So to the extent that I can, even though I know this might not be the best performing video, still put out content that helps people clear that starting hurdle. That's one of the pillars. You know, it's not the main thesis of this channel, main thesis, gear long-term in context, but it's adjacent. It's one of the pillars that to the extent that a portion of, of you guys here, subscribers, are interested in getting started. How can I how can I chip in and try to help and try to press the right buttons? And in this case, I think it is just to get started. So what we're gonna do here, maybe not a ton. We can do. I'm not gonna mess with the thumbnail. I'm not gonna try to repitch it. This is an abysmal click-through rate, um, partially because. This is going to be first broadcast by YouTube to existing subscribers. And if you're coming here for the Canon gear, if you're coming here for the 100 to 400 in Colorado and you're getting shown how to video podcast, it's not a great fit. You know, ideally, the hope for this is that it starts to get shown in search. YouTube might play around with a few of, ter- of the terms for the gear shown in the video. Chaptered, I think, pretty well. Well, meaning I don't know if these titles are great for the chapters, but um, it's certainly broken out. And potentially some of these things get shown in Google search in kind of like the quick hit answers in search because it's such a a small definitive chapter potentially for people's questions as they search. And I think I took a good approach between trying to recommend gear that people already have, including phones, their computer, maybe cheaper USB mics, a couple steps forward if they want to jump into things like this, if they want to jump into things like the pod mic, if they want to get something like a Rodecaster Duo, how I see those things helping. Um, But that's all sort of, those are great things if you want to jump right into a higher production. And there are times when you might want to jump into higher production value from the start. If you're getting paid to produce a show for a client, then it starts to make sense. If you're making a show like I am, just best to use the stuff that you have to start. And in my case, a little bit fortunate to have already accumulated a lot of this stuff through this channel and through freelance creative work already. So I'm just using what I have. And you know, touch on this video. The R8 isn't perfect for this. The R6 definitely isn't perfect for video podcasting, uh, but kind of using what we got. Back to the AI topic, stuff that I find pretty useful in how I produce this show. So that's kind of if you haven't watched it, you know, don't necessarily go watch it unless you're interested in starting a video podcast. 52 minutes you're not going to get back if you're not interested in that kind of thing. But from a podcast growing the channel perspective, I think it's important to have a little bit of background about what it's about and why I think it's doing poorly. And why I'm not going to mess with Thumbnail or try to repitch it, I think this is something that makes sense to attach to these podcasts here in the description. Again, knowing that a pretty small portion of even the podcast listeners might be interested in this, but it's there. I think it's a good guide. I think it's a good resource. It was important for me. One, this is the first like course or guide that I've made, especially at this length. And so a good proof of concept. An example, an excellent example of how I've used ReCut and fitting for that sponsorship. You know, I want this to do a little bit better to reach the people that need to start. I also want to have it do a little bit better to get the reach for ReCut and grow um, that tool as well. And I think attaching it to the podcast allows this video to live as a resource that's completely free. Again, important for me to, I wanted to put out something completely free. Charging for a course is something that I'm hoping to reserve for more curated content. And, you know, this is a first shot, so this is not something I would have felt comfortable charging for upfront. I don't think. Maybe I'll go back and forth on something like that in the future, but this one made sense to get out free. And that's where it's going to live for now, under, the, under these podcast episodes, as a guide, accessible, there for those who need it. And I think it'll actually be interesting to check back in on this in 90 days, you know, another 28, another 90 days, and see what's changed, if anything, from this click-through rate perspective, what's changed, if anything, from this average... View duration, people seem to, you know, some people are getting 20 minutes through this. So that'll be interesting to keep tabs on and we'll go from there. All right, finally on to 100 to 400 in Colorado. Let's start by revisiting the analytics of this bad boy. This video, we looked at this episode seven briefly, not skyrocketing off to the races, you know, a little slower, 55, 60 days in than something like (laughs) faster than the video podcast crash course. Uh, but 50 days in, you know, this video, this 28 was explosive. This 20 to 30, this 20 to 30 is only 20 days in. It's about 20 days in and has about the same amount of views. Um, so this isn't this isn't explosive, but really slow, steady growth. In Episode seven talked about how this is a little bit longer. And so there's a little bit for me, a challenge to keep retention up throughout this duration, even though we look at other videos, not bad. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with this. Um, but not quite as high as some of those shorter videos where I've been able to keep retention a little bit higher, people more engaged. And I think part of that is I have less authority on a lens like this, right? Picking this up in April is the first time I've shot past 200. I hadn't done a whole lot specifically going out to try to shoot birds or wildlife or landscapes, obviously, at that length beforehand. So part of that, I, I think, is probably reflected in engagement and authority in this space of longer Zooms. And I've spent a lot of time with this lens intentionally this year to try to get over that hurdle. And I think the end result, my hope is that particularly when I shoot this Colorado specific version of the video, uh, that some of that growth comes through in the fact um, or the the difference between photos I've taken first half of the year, maybe April through September with this video and photos on this trip kind of September through, I don't know, November, early December. And so I think probably we'll get to the thesis of what I think that next video will be in a minute. But I think probably from a metadata perspective, I have a lot of photos from Colorado with this lens. I think I try to keep it a little tighter than 10. I think probably I look at these videos and I say, okay, I'm doing pretty well with this seven minute type video. Let me try to toss out a seven minute companion. Let me link it on the end screen. What do we got here right now? We've got a lot here. This is probably not a best practice. Probably not good to link four videos, Uh, probably yank this 70 to 200 comparison and, uh, you know, add the second version of this. So at least we're getting some feeder traffic and maybe I'll add it here on that video, depending. I don't like to mess. This is kind of a, a side note on end screens. I don't like to mess with those a ton once I've set them or I don't like to add. I should say I don't like to add new videos to the end screen right away necessarily unless I know they're good, like really solid videos. Um, so one thing you, you don't want to put a thumbnail here that's not getting a great click through rate and you don't really want to put a video here that kind of sucks, um, which is, you know, always a little bit of a always a little bit of a juggling act. If we come back as an example, the RF 28 pancake video, I think I do have the Sigma 28 or I did. and I swapped it out for best reviewer for because even though I was happy with how that video came out and I like that video and I recommend it to a lot of people to watch and it's it's the embodiment of the thesis of this channel. I think I talk a lot about really solid concepts and things that I'm looking for in a lens in this compromise. It's not a great performing video. I I think it's getting a little Black Friday traffic. But other than that, like this is not really getting picked up. And this click through rate is kind of like I said, under that five mark, you know, it's jumping around. But, you know, don't pay attention to these spikes because it's not getting enough traffic for these to matter as a 20 percent click through rate. Um, so that's interesting, but that, that's the play, I think, with this next version of the 100-400. The I think we want to go a little shorter, snappier, get in the good examples from the trip, hook them up, go from there. Now, the interesting thing, I have this pulled up, is the short for this 100-400. which is just like me, fooling around, you know, showing a few early pictures here, slapping in some settings, and explaining how I shot this Heron at home here in PA, a couple minutes from the house. And it's uh, pretty far, wanted some more reach. It's pretty grainy. And just like that, you, you have to edit. And then I relied a little bit on that AID noise. You just have to work these images to have them turn out. And this is you know really tailed off for a while and then started picking up all in search. Now, this short, and so this is interesting for a whole bunch of reasons. I think I proclaimed to hate shorts almost beforehand and I still kind of do, but I think this is a great example of how you should try to rely on shorts And how I think if I had a lot of extra time, had a lot of shorts creativity in me, um, producing a short for each and every review, sort of like this adjacent, is a great idea. At some point, they get picked up. Now, this one isn't necessarily paying off in the way you'd hope, right? I've hooked it up. Hooked it up, I mean, to say I've filled in the related video, which is that longer form 100 to 400 review. On that analytics page, I'm not seeing a lot of that related traffic from the short. That's okay. I think it's fine to have these. Uh, loosely connected. If I'm not getting, you know, a huge jump from this traffic, that's fine. We've got people subscribing for a short. I, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of shorts on YouTube. I don't subscribe to people after watching a short. Thank you to these four fine people. Um, but if this brings people in the door and then they hit your channel page or hit, your, hit their homepage and your long form is recommended, that's cool. Um, so don't, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a loss that I have this related video filled out here and we're not seeing any direct Jump over. I think it's fine to bring in some people to the channel, bring in some views, and then hopefully, if they've stuck around and watched the duration of this short, maybe they get shown a recommendation later. I don't really know anything about the retention here. Uh, If we compare this, it's higher than the average for the whole duration of the short. It's not the full minute, it's 48 seconds. You know, it's telling me it's good, or at least compared to other videos, but you know, I don't really have any concept and don't put a lot of stock in that quite yet. The interesting thing about this lens is I've focused on it pretty heavily in 2023. Like I said, I picked it up in April. 500 some bucks on Canon Refurb. After getting it, I think I would recommend Refurb to others. I would do another Refurb purchase, I think, particularly for something that's not super high stakes. You know, I don't think Canon would ship out, let's say, an L or more expensive lens if it was in real bad shape. So I think it's probably pretty trustworthy no matter what. But for me, that's the type of thing I like to buy new just in case I don't like it. And I feel like, you know, the responsibility is in my hands to keep it in pristine condition, which is a big reason why originally I bought the 7200 F4. I figured if I bought that new and I rented the F28 version and I was feeling like I was making a mistake and the F28 would have been the better fit for me, I could have sold the RF 7200 F4 for very little loss and then picked up the 7200 F28 later. So that's kind of my strategy. Buy, talked about this briefly on the channel, but I like to buy kind of newest, best technology at the time, and then take really good care of it uh, and resell if and when needed. The thing about the 100 to 400, and the best analogy I could come up with is most people when they get their first camera, it might be crop sensor, it might be full frame. You probably get like, we'll call an F4-ish zoom kit lens. That's okay, not great. It lets lets you experience the focal lengths and it's good for that. Basically, like you can use this. And then if you're really going to get into photography, it'll help you decide where to spend your money next. When you get a nifty 50, all of a sudden you've got that f 18 You've got whether it's crop or full frame sensor, you've still got great subject background separation. It looks great. You don't really have to know what you're doing with the nifty 50 when you first get it. It was my first lens, actually. You don't really have to know anything about what you're doing to get, especially with modern autofocus, to lock onto somebody's eye, take a portrait. You don't have to be good at editing. It just kind of looks nice compared to what you've been shooting on a phone, right? It's getting that iPhone portrait mode looking shot that looks better. You're probably taking pictures of family friends. They might not have a whole lot of portraits of of themselves. And so to see a nice crispy eye and a blurred background, you're kind of in awe. It's a really easy process to get a really good result, at least um, for your skill level at the time. You're really happy with that. Something like the 100 to 400, I think is tricky because you get this and instead of that like bang, 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 lock on, you're thinking, oh, like look at how great this photo looks, like you might have thought with the 50 when you first got it, your first thought is almost like, cool, this is 400, like I've never seen something this close or I've never seen something that far so detailed now that I've had this reach. The immediate second thought is, I wish I had more than 400 <laughs> or oh, I wish I had a little bit more megapixels to crop in more aggressively or I wish my... Heron looked more separated from the background. And so immediately, I think for a lot of people, they probably pick this lens up and it's very cool. At the same time, it's disappointing because I think we're all used to seeing you know, photos on social media, particularly around like birding, where people are using really big lenses. They also have really great technique because they've been doing it for a long time and they've specialized in that area. And so a lot of times they're also better at editing. And so you'll see some of these birds, these animals, and the background is completely creamy completely blown out. And I think the idea is that you're hoping to get this out of the lens and you can in some circumstances, but you have to be, you know, you have to get to a certain point with your editing. You have to get to a certain point with your technique. And sometimes you have to get lucky just being able to have your subject really close to the front of the lens and then having a massive background behind it to be able to get that kind of blur. And so I think if people get this lens and they don't love it, that's part of it. Where I think the real shortcomings are I guess before I get to the shortcomings, that's why I've spent so much time this year practicing with this lens. I I think you need to in order to get the best results out of it. I think I've come a long way myself with this over the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight months, but you know, it's a process. It's It's a whole new realm of photography if you haven't been shooting that way before. The thing I liked in Colorado was to be able to pick out parts of the landscape at 400. I think that's really cool, especially with mountains and things it's just a whole new way to look at some of the photography and got pretty heavy into cropping like i really leaned on cropping even with the lower megapixel lower megapixel R6 sensor you can still crop a ton and have it be usable for social media and had some good crops on the the bald eagle that i'll have in the thumbnail here at the end of this year or the start of next year i'm going to do a video on my core four lenses this is not my core four my core four is the 24 to 105 f4 70 to 200 f4 28 sigma prime and Oh gosh, the 85, the Samyang 85. Those are my core four. The two fast primes, wide and tight, and then the two two zooms in the middle at F4 L quality. That to me is the core of my bag, can pretty much shoot everything with those. The lenses that I'm kind of testing, using around all of those, obviously are the 100 to 400. Not sure if I'll keep this forever. The 28 millimeter pancake, loving it, but I've got two 28s, so i you know, have to decide between those at some point potentially. Don't necessarily have to. Might be good to just keep the twenty-eight pancake. It also might be a good thing to package with the R eight to sell that when I do. Then the Nifty fifty, I often don't think of as a core four lens for me, but again, it's really small, really cheap, really affordable. Purchased it with AdSense from this channel, so it kind of has a special sentimental role in the bag, and pairs really well with those f four zooms. And so it's not core. Like if I had a core five, that would be in there probably. But the fifty, the fast fifty and fast eighty-five, even though you know dimensionally they're kind of different more or less they're pretty close in practice in terms of the look anyway one of the reasons that i wouldn't say this is in the core for yet is because i when i think about taking this traveling without weather sealing when i think about trying to get a little bit more reach when i think about the aperture this is dark uh, but still pretty usable pretty long in the day or early in the morning with f8 when you know what you're doing and you're willing to you know bump up that iso at the same time would it be good to have something a little bit faster sure as i've used this i've started to fall more in love with this type of shooting and so in my mind it's kind of like if i'm going to be shooting long often and i'm going to try to dedicate a lot of time getting better at it that's where i'm kind of more okay saying okay i'm going to put some money out i'm going to really invest in a lens that's going to allow me like the lens won't be the limiting factor for me and this probably isn't the limiting factor for me now it's probably maybe not even close to the limiting factor i think there's a lot of technique work and a lot of editing work that can be done. At the same time, it's kind of like, do you want to get better edge to edge sharpness? Sure. Do you want to get a little bit more brightness? Sure. Do you want to get more reach? Also, yes. And so that's for me where I look at the 100 to 500 and say like, do I want to pack that for travel in case it's raining? I definitely do. I look at the 2 to 800 and say, that's an interesting lens, even though, you know, wish Canon would make a classic 2 to 600. But but both of those two lenses are interesting, something I want to keep an eye on. And also just knowing that the L lenses tend to hold their value for longer and are easier to move around. If it's not a great fit, I'd rather you know shoot with an L lens for two years and then sell it as opposed to maybe just commit to this. And um, there are instances where you're going to pull out the L and it would be better even as a non-professional for this type of shooting. So to be continued, I'd love to test them all out for sure. I kind of mentioned the approach that I'll take for the 100-400, more of a Colorado story time examples meant to be viewed in conjunction with this video, just like the 28 mm 28 millimeter videos are meant to be viewed in conjunction with each other. Um, real quick, running out of time here on the memory card. Um, upcoming stuff: 100 to 400 in Colorado for sure. Going to do long-term f-stop Ajna review, road trip experience. So good to revisit that video after going on a road trip. Same strategy, right? You know, again, I think people are picking this up a little bit with Black Friday and this little upward tick here. I think this is one of the better, there aren't many Ajna reviews and a lot of them are long, kind of fluffy. Uh, I think this is one of the better ones judging by the comment feedback. It's just not something that gets a ton of views. Like I think this is just searched a lot less on the internet than some of the lenses. So pretty proud of this video at the time. I think same, same concept, right? We've got this 10, 11 minute video. Think we're gonna do long-term review. We're gonna leave this review breathe. Kind of all these things still stand by. I'll take you know a second to reevaluate if anything has really changed on those core pillars of that video, and I'll address them in the update. Otherwise, you know, shooting for that five, six, seven-minute update. Here's what changed. Here's what didn't. Um, Here's what I think people should be looking at. These bags, I lo- I love these two bags. F-stop and the Talopa. The thing that I get a little bit, I get nervous about, or I don't, I don't care that much. Um, they're hard to recommend to everybody. I think if people on this channel are probably always looking to upgrade bags and things, these are really expensive and kind of geared for somebody even more adventurous than me. I'd say I'm not that adventurous. These are adventure bags, I think. And I think they're priced as such, which is hard to jump into them. But the thing is, they last. I don't know. I've been hauling around my tilopa pretty violently for two, two and a half full years. And it's pretty much looking brand new. So want to weigh in on that. Other things that are coming... Canon R8, definitely need to make a video at some point. Feeling pretty good about how I've used it and how I feel about using it. Uh, Just kind of have to put together thoughts and a thesis there. Spent some time, again, using it with the 35, the 28, and the 50 on this trip, as well as have used it a ton with this lens as well. So feeling ready to make that review, just don't know what that video is yet and how it looks. And I spent a lot of time shooting on my phone, kind of like that quick, easy, wide 24 option on longer hikes where I only brought this lens. This was the only lens I brought, was staying on the camera the whole time, wanted to whip this out and take the wide shot. And so I think, and I I did a lot of that in Ireland as well with the 70 to 200. So I think there's a video still to be made around iPhone shooting raw, how I think of it, how I view it, where people should consider maybe pulling that out more often. For me personally, I don't usually take a lot of photos with my phone unless it's fairly new in the life cycle. I've talked about this before, but I'm kind of an every, every three to four year phone upgrader. And just like The mentality I take to other lenses, I like to buy best of the best at the time for me and uh, stick with it for the long haul, keep care of it, take care of it rather. As time goes on, obviously your batteries degrade and it becomes harder and harder to use your phone when traveling, keep a good battery and then go outside in the bright sun and use it for photos. So this is a 14 Pro, used it pretty heavily in the last year for some photos and video. Love to use it as a top-down still for this channel. I don't use it for every top-down shot, but it's really quick to just, put on that moment magnet, and then get that top-down shot that's very usable. Everything's in focus. At the same time, already feeling like the battery's degrading a little bit, and so expect to use this less and less progressively over the next two to three years. Um, And then, like I said, that Core 4 lens video, like Gear Bag 2024, is something that I want to revisit. I haven't done that in a long, long, long time. Probably 2021 since I did that last. Yeah, kind of this prosumer bag. It'll be a similar thesis, probably shorter than 16 minutes. I don't even know what this video does now. Nothing, apparently. But I think it's good to get out there and just kind of, I don't know, give an update. If somebody's new coming in, I think it's it's good to have sort of like the video podcast crash course, not looking for this video to grow or be found in search. But if people are asking for advice and they're looking for kind of what I have, it's an easy artifact to point people back to and say, look, 2024 start of, this is kind of what I'm rocking. This is how I think of things. And it's a good place to hash out all those thoughts in a deeper way. And I think people are willing to give a little bit more attention throughout for something like this, knowing that you're gonna get through the whole bag and there's nothing super sensational here. Just kind of recounting what you've got, what you've used it for recently, how you think about things there. So I wanna do that. And then definitely a video that I have on the docket is how I make these YouTube videos. Sort of like a crash course in YouTube videos, just like the podcast though much shorter, still experimental, like don't expect it to go wild, but wanna hit on some of the key important things that I do shooting and editing these videos pretty streamlined or as much as possible. A bigger portion of that video will be kind of focused on thumbnails, titles, scripting, how I think about those things. Still on the production side, obviously we'll still talk about the R6 R8 and lenses and lighting and audio and things like that, but holistic, but I think one of the lessons learned from this 52 minute video, that's not gonna be a 52 minute video, that's for sure. I have done one of these before. Let's see, a long time ago, I guess. How to make a YouTube video, dead, dead, dead. Yes, yeah, not, not a good one, not a good one here. So uh, yeah, <laughs> hard, hard to take lessons from this because there's so little traffic, but I'll probably take a quick visit and see what I could improve on here, go from there. I think that's about all I have for upcoming stuff, at least that I can mention for the moment. So yeah, if you're new here to this podcast, We're doing a new episode every 100 subs until we get to 5,000. And we'll kind of change the pace a little bit. And at the current pace of growth, like we said, I'll see you in about another month. Later.